Welcome to week one of a brand new series that we're calling Refresh. And I don't know about you, but after this year of 2020, I think we all need a time of refreshing. This has been one of the craziest years we have ever experienced in our lives. We're experiencing craziness on every level. We're in the height of election. We've had so much um, separation this year from COVID, we've had sickness, we've had financial difficulties, we've had relational issues, we've had racial tensions in our country, and many of us have just struggled to try to stay with our heads above the water dealing with all of the issues that we've faced this year. I know that many of your families have dealt with different issues in your households, you've had issues on the job, your kids have been out of school. It's just been an incredibly difficult year. And I think we just need to take a moment just to have a time of refreshing. And God knew that we would need moments like this. The Bible talks to us about times of refreshing. Take a look at it with me. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3, the Bible says, For I will pour out water to quench. I underline that word quench. To quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your children. I love the picture that God paints in that scripture that he says that he would quench our thirst. He would irrigate our parched fields. In other words, God knows when you and I need times of refreshing. God knows when we've had difficult moments and difficult seasons. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in the New Testament that in this world, you and I, we would have lots of trouble. He knew that we would walk through difficult seasons just like this, but he also prepared times of refreshing. I titled your message today, Time in a Tent. I've learned as my little boy, Asher, he's four years old, and we've learned as a family that Asher actually enjoys camping. Now, I like to camp, and I had all the camping gear even before Asher, but truthfully, I prefer glamping maybe a little more than camping itself. But we take Asher, and we pitch a tent, and we build a fire, and we cook outside, and we do all the camping things, and Asher absolutely loves it. I enjoy it while I'm there, but I'm ready for a good hot shower and my pillow by the time the camping trip is over. But there is something refreshing about spending time in that tent because I watch my son and I watch how excited he is and I see how much he enjoys it. And it's a good chance for the family just to come together and to do something that he loves so much. And he'll say, Dad, you remember that time that we slept in that tent? Dad, do you remember that time that, that we played in the fire? He loves the fire at night. And, he just gets enjoyment out of that. And because of that, I am refreshed to watch my son in enjoyment. And that's exactly what God does to us. He's our father and he gets great joy and great delight in seeing his children refreshed. Today, I wanna to talk to you about one of my absolute favorite stories out of scripture. It's in Exodus chapter 33 and it's about Moses and the children of Israel. Now you may not be familiar with who Moses is or the children of Israel, but ultimately these are people that were living in slavery. They had prayed and cried out to God to please rescue them from the slavery that they were living in. And God answered their prayer. God chose a man named Moses to lead them out of slavery. And God said, I'm going to give you a promised land, a place that you will go and that you will rest and live forever in absolute perfection. So all through the book of Exodus, it tells the story of them leaving slavery and traveling and all the difficulties they would encounter on the way to this land. 
Now, they encountered a lot of trials, a lot of troubles. If anyone knew about needing a time of refreshment, it was these people. Because in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verses 1 through 3, God gives them the greatest news and the worst news all in one day. See, God told them, it's, it's now. This is the time. You're going to inherit the land. You're, you're going to the place that you have been searching for, traveling for, sacrificing for. This is the time you're going to get it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send angels ahead of you to protect you as you move into that territory. It's what they've been waiting on. It was the greatest news of all that God was about to bless them. However, God drops a bombshell when He says, but I'm not going with you. See, the people had been disobedient to God. They weren't walking in obedience to God. As a matter of fact, along the journey, they had really prayed for blessings from God. God honored their prayers and blessed them, and then they walked away from God, forgot His faithfulness, and then they find themselves back in trouble once again. And God at this point had just said, I, I can't go with you any longer. He says, if I go with you, it's going to be bad. I cannot continue to travel. And, and Moses does something that's really interesting. When Moses hears this bad news, he says to God, he says, then please don't send us to this land. Don't send us to the place of perfection. Because if your spirit does not go with us, if your presence is not with us, it's not worth it. We would rather stay in our difficulty than to live in perfection and peace without your presence. Moses pitched a tent and God began to meet with Moses in that tent. Moses was solely focused on the presence of God. And because he was focused on the presence of God, God met with him. All the children of Israel realized that they had messed up big. They too went to their tents waiting to encounter the presence of God. Today I want you to know that there is no greater refreshment in life, even hanging at the campsite with family, doing the things that you enjoy to do that are refreshing to you, there's nothing greater than the presence of God in your life. And so I believe today that if you're going to encounter the presence of God, and if you are going to experience the refreshing, the quenching of your thirst, being able to provide life in the things that maybe were once dead, you have to learn to encounter the presence of God. So today I want to teach you how to pitch your tent, how to put that tent in place so that you can meet with God. I'm going to show you how Moses responded and how the children of Israel, these people that were seeking a place of perfection and peace out of their slavery, how they responded to God when they tried to enter God's presence. And then I want to give you some benefits today of the presence of God. So look at the scripture with me. On your outline, this is how you pitch your tent. Number one, I want you to write this down. This is the response of the children of Israel. Number one, you need to see yourself. Write that down. You need to see yourself. Here's what the scripture says. It says, when the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing the jewelry and fine clothes. You see, these words that God had given to them, it was devastating. I mean, it was the best news that they had they'd been given permission to go to the place that they had been seeking for, searching for, and praying for, sacrificing their life for. They were in battles. They were in wars. It's incredible. You ought to read the book of Exodus if you've never read it. The Bible is pretty exciting. But unfortunately, in that same news, God says, hey, I'm not going with you. 
And in that moment, the Bible says the people heard the words and they went into mourning. I underlined that word mourning in my notes because it signified a complete change of their attitude. It changed their posture. It changed their thinking. It changed their outlook. Right in that moment, they had been convicted about things that were in their lives. Maybe you'll write this reference down. In John 16 and 8, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God living in us, will convict us. He'll show us when things in our life just aren't right, when they're out of alignment or when they're wrong. He'll convict us to show us. Unfortunately, many of us live in such a way that we think everything is everyone else's fault. We find a reason that we didn't do it or we didn't cause it. It's our boss. It's our spouse. Hey, it's the government. It's this election. It's the other side of the aisle. It's all of these other things that we can find reasons that it's not our fault. But the children of Israel did something different. They, they heard the conviction of God and they stopped and began to look at themselves. They were looking internally because they began to mourn. They knew that they had lost something. They knew that they were not experiencing the very presence of God. And that if they continued in the direction that they were going, there would be no refreshing. There would be no peace because the presence of God was absent from their life. And so I want to ask you this question today. And maybe you want to write this down so you can think about it. I wrote this down and I asked myself this. Where is the buck? Where is the buck? Maybe you've heard the statement. I've heard this many times about passing the buck. Have you ever heard that statement? That's someone who won't accept responsibility for something that they've done. They won't accept responsibility for the choices they've made, the actions that they've taken, the words that they've spoken. Sometimes, oftentimes, I believe, at the core of it, we probably could have made a different decision. We probably could have said something different. We could have responded different, but we always try to pass the buck. But there's another statement that says almost the same thing in the same phraseology, it just means basically the opposite end, the buck stops here. Maybe you've heard someone say that to you. Well, listen, the buck stops here. In other words, I'm making that decision. I'm in control. The responsibility is on me. And so I'm asking you today, in this season, if you find yourself in need of refreshing of all the difficulties that are around you, sure, you did not cause COVID. Sure. You didn't cause the shutdowns and the stress that come with it. But how did you respond to it? I can't always control the conditions. I can't always control the atmosphere, but I can control my response to the things that are around me. So I'm asking you today, where is the buck? Have you considered, instead of passing the buck, have you considered saying the buck stops here? And just see yourself. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you need to grant forgiveness. Maybe you need to go and change some actions or have a conversation. Maybe you need to change some things. Augustine said this, said the confession of, a, of bad works is the beginning of good works. Think about that. Just the confession of bad works is the beginning of good works. Being able to recognize and see that maybe we need to change some things personally. So immediately when they heard these words from God, he said, hey, 
you're going to the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And there was a problem. They began to see themselves and what they had done, and they began to mourn. Number two, you need to strip yourself. That's what I, you need to strip yourself. Now, please leave your clothes on. It's not that kind of, of word. Listen, the Bible says this, Exodus 33, verses 5 and 6. For the Lord told Moses to tell them, You're a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. So remove your jewelry and your fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So from the time they left, the Israelites, I underline this, they wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. In that moment, as they had entered a time of mourning, recognizing their own sin, this step says you need to begin to deal with what you have identified in your life. If the Holy Spirit convicts us of things that are internally incorrect, if He gives us that conviction, then He wants us to not only be transformed by it, but He wants us to be in every part, spiritually, emotionally, physically. He wants us to be changed because He wants to deal with the things that are unhealthy so that we can be made whole. Things that are broken to be mended. So we need to strip ourselves of things that are in our life that are displeasing to God. If you're going to experience a time of refreshing, that time of refreshing is going to come through the presence of God. And if you're going to enter into the presence of God, we have to strip ourselves of things that are barriers to our relationship with the Lord. Look at what the book of Acts teaches us. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Notice what that says. You need to repent of sins that are in your life. In other words, just identify the places that we've gotten it wrong. Listen, every single one of us, we mess up. We fall short. We don't get it right all of the time. There's moments where I have to say, God, I blew it. God, I messed up. God, I didn't get it right. God, I never should have said that. I never should have taken that action. God, I missed the opportunity to be obedient and I disobeyed. But God, I don't want to live in it. Just because you, you step in the mud or you fall in the mud doesn't mean you have to live in it. No, you can be cleaned. You can be rescued. You just have to begin to strip away some things in your life. Because when you do, when you repent, the Bible teaches that a time of refreshment will come. I love the old Charlie Brown uh, cartoons, especially this time of the year. Uh, the Charlie Brown Pumpkin, Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I love all of those. And many of you know the, the comic strip and the many different scenes of Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. And every time Charlie Brown tries to kick that football, Lucy removes it. You know the story. And he tries to kick and he falls down and she laughs at him and Charlie Brown's disappointed by the way that she treats him. And they get into this conversation about about what they're doing and how she's going to give him another, he's going to give her another chance and she's going to do different, but she doesn't. She sticks the ball down there. He tries to kick it and once again, she moves the football. And this is what she says to Charlie Brown. She says, Charlie Brown, recognizing your faults and actually changing your ways are two different things, Charlie Brown. Recognizing something that's wrong and then changing what is wrong is two different things. She was well aware that what she was doing wasn't the best, 
wasn't the best treatment of Charlie Brown. She wasn't treating him the fairest. He wasn't happy by the way she was treating him. And no matter what he said to her, there was a difference between knowing her faults and changing her faults. And so I ask you this question today. What sinful stuff needs to be spiritually stripped? What are the sinful things in your life? And listen, we talk about sin. We, we, we think, oh, it's something big, or I'm not that bad, or I didn't do anything crazy bad. But listen, partial obedience, I say this a lot, is still disobedience. And so if we're not living out God's best, if we're not treating people the way we want to be treated, that's sin. If we're not completely truthful in relationships or our finances, if we don't manage things well or steward things well, if we don't uh, do good to other people the way the Bible teaches us and Jesus wants us, then we're walking in disobedience. And that is sin. So what sinful stuff needs to be stripped spiritually? Because whatever you see in yourself and you begin to recognize, and then you bring that to God and begin to strip it away, God will begin to work in your life. You will begin to move closer to the presence of God in your life. And then you will find refreshment. So we need to see yourself. You need to strip yourself. And then number three, you need to stop yourself. Notice what happens next. Exodus 33, verses 9 and 10. I love this. It says, as he went into the tent, this is Moses. Now remember, God has given them this instruction saying, you're going to go take the lamb, but I'm not going with you. My presence is not going. Moses begs for God not to send them unless his presence goes with them. Moses begins to pitch a tent. He goes inside of this tent. And as he went in, the Bible says, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Now I want you to understand this cloud was the literal presence of God. God had manifest himself in, the Bible said, a cloud by day and a fire by night. He was leading the children of Israel literally by what they saw in the sky. And as Moses would go into the tent, this cloud would settle above this tent. And it was literally Moses in the presence of God as he would spend time in his tent. And the Bible says that he would go away. He stopped. See, all the commotion and all the disappointment, all of the praying that they were doing, all of the living that they were doing, the bad decisions that they were making, all of the things that had been happening, they began to see themselves. They began to strip themselves. And in this moment, they have completely stopped themselves because they're entering into the presence of God. Everything else paused. There was no greater uh, responsibility. There was no greater desire. Nothing in that moment was more important than stopping everything around them to get with the presence of God. So Moses goes in the tent, and then verse 10, check this out. When the people saw the clouds standing at the entrance of the tent, the Bible says they would stand and bow down. I underline that word. They would bow down in front of their tents. In other words, they just began to pause to hear the presence of God. Listen, connecting with the presence of God is nothing more than like tuning the radio. You remember the days when you would turn the dial to connect to a radio? Some of you don't remember that at all. Some of you still have a seek button, maybe if you listen to the radio in your car, and it's searching for transmission over the airwaves to connect you to get a signal to a radio station, something that you can hear. 
Just because you don't hear it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means you're not tuned in to the proper station. The dial has not aligned itself to reach the signal. These people in this moment are stopping everything so that they can align their lives to tune in to the right dial to connect with God. We are so busy. We are so active. We are so involved in so many things in our life that oftentimes we don't take the time to stop and to tune in and listen to the things of God. Now I want you to notice in Psalm 46 and 10, this is what it says. It says, Be still and know that I am God. He literally tells us to be still, to slow down, to stop focusing on everything that's around us. Stop focusing on all the worries. Listen, at the end of this election, God is still in control. In the midst of all the negativity on the news and all the chaos that's happening around us, God is still in control. God is still in control. So just stop. Recognize that maybe we have some faults. If we're having a difficulty, if there's a barrier between us and the presence of God, maybe we need to slow down and we need to see some things in our life. We need to strip some things away that should not be there. And then we should just stop and allow ourselves to enter the presence of God. Stop pacing. Start praying. Stop worrying. Start worshiping. Push past your problems and push into the presence of God. That is how you pitch your tent in order to get into relationship with God and to step into His presence. It's not hard to encounter the presence of God. You just have to completely submit yourself. Jesus does not just want to be our Savior, but He also wants to be our Lord. He wants to be everything in our life. Number one. So that's how we enter into the presence of God so that a time of refreshing can come. Now I want to tell you the benefits of tent living. Turn your outline over and look at it with me. Number one, I want you to write this down. Here's the first, and I love this. This is a benefit of living and experiencing the very presence of God. It's favor. Write down that word favor. Notice what happens next in Exodus 33. Look at verse 13 with me. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. This is Moses talking. Then the Lord says to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked for, for I look favorably on you. Favor is demonstrated delight. It means I take joy in you. It means I'm proud of you. It means I'm honoring you and the decisions that you're making, the life that you're living, and I will give my favor onto your life. Now, many of you have some great kids. I mean, you have some really cool kids, and they're talented, and they're beautiful, and uh, they're smart. They're, they're really creative. They can do great things. I mean, you've got some really great kids. But if I had to pick a kid out of a lineup and I had to choose one, I'm going to choose my own. I mean, your kid may be a little better looking. Your kid may be a little smarter. Your kid may be able to do more tricks. I don't know. But my son is my son. And because he's mine and he belongs to me, I look on his life with favor. And when he walks, especially in obedience to his father, I want to bless him. I want to bring good things to his life. 
And because these people had begun to see their ways and strip those things off and stop and get before God and enter into His presence, put Him back in His proper place of number one, God looked at them and provided favor on their life. My son's four and I told you I would pick him because he's my son and, and he has favor with me. But God gave us favor just in the journey to receive our son. We went through an in vitro process. It was very difficult and we didn't know that we were even going to have to enter that process until Jen got pregnant and we had difficulties and the doctor told us that was the option. But through that process we learned that in vitro was really expensive. But God had provided me a particular job working with Apple at the time. And because I was working with Apple, they provided national health care coverage. And so they would cover three temps at in vitro. And it took exactly three temps to uh, find success with in vitro. And I always say this, I say Apple bought our kid. It's incredible. It was the favor of God. There's many more details to that story of how all of those pieces to that puzzle were put in place. But... At the end of the day, God found favor on our life, and He blessed us. He answered a prayer. He provided a miracle. And I'm telling you today that if you find yourself tired and worn out and in a difficult place, you need to encounter the presence of God. And in order to do that, you need to see yourself, strip yourself, and then you need to stop so that you can enter the presence of God to find favor with Him. The Bible says He doesn't have favorites. He doesn't, he doesn't have a favorite child. But with every one of his children that walks in obedience and loves him and serves him, they can find the exact same favor because he loves to bless us. Number two, you find friendship. The Bible says that the Lord replied to Moses and said, I will indeed do what you have asked for, for I look favorably on you. And notice this, maybe underline it. And I know you by name. That's powerful because God doesn't look over this entire world and just see, I mean, all of these people. I mean, you and I, we get in a crowd and we may spot one or two people that we may know, but we don't know the mass majority of people. It's just a sea of people. But God knows every one of us by name. We find friendship with God. We're not just a number. We're not just a person taking up space and breathing air. We literally have friendship with Him because we found favor with Him. And when you get in the presence of God and you get favor on your life, you get friendship with God. You can call out to Him. You can ask Him for help. You can ask Him for blessing. You can ask Him for provision. All of these things because just as you would call a friend, so too you can call on the very God who created this universe. God was speaking to Moses and through Moses He's speaking to us today. I find favor on your life when you're in my presence. You'll find friendship with me when you remain in my presence. And I can tell you that favor with God and friendship with God will bring refreshing to your life. And then number three and final, you'll find freedom in the presence of God. What refreshing. How refreshed would you be today if you found freedom from all of the things that you're dealing with? all the difficulties that you're going through. The Bible says this, the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Underline that. Everything will be, underline this statement, fine for you. Remember Moses had said, 
God, if you don't go with us, we don't want the promised land. We don't even want to inherit the promises because we want your presence more than the promise. And God said, you know what? You've, you've seen your ways. You've stripped yourself. You have, you've repented. You've stopped long enough to recognize my presence. And because of that, you have favor. You are my friend, and I'll give you freedom. As a matter of fact, in the presence of God, you'll have rest. You'll find that rest, that peace that you've been praying about. The New Testament says, peace that passes all understanding. I mean, you don't even make sense of it. When people are literally going hysterical because the world seems to be burning down, yet you stand in a place of peace, it's because of the favor and the friendship of God found in His presence. And all will be fine for you. What a moment, what a blessing of refreshing. And today I know that many of you are watching. And that's what you need in your life today. You just need a moment to breathe. You need to feel like that stress and that worry and all of those pressures just subside so that you can experience a time of refreshing. And so I want to encourage you today that you can try medications, you can try different tactics and oils and all kind of cool things that we have that help us. And some of these things are great, but there is nothing that can replace the presence of God. Don't trade His presence for the promises of this world. Take the presence of God and refreshing will come. Today, maybe you're watching and you see yourself and you know today that you need to strip yourself of some things and you need to stop and just get in the presence of God. I want to pray for you. Maybe you need to make a decision for Jesus and I want to pray that today we would just ask God to forgive us and that He would have relationship with us. He loves you and He wants relationship with you. And then I'm going to pray for some of us that maybe you just got something specific on your heart today that you've been thinking about throughout this entire message. And you need God to address something that's in your life, a difficulty. I want to pray for you today that God would begin to move in your life and that you would find refreshing. So God, today for all of my friends who are watching, I pray that if there's any of us that need a relationship with you, God, that you would just forgive us of our sins today. We ask you for your forgiveness. We recognize, Jesus, that you gave your heart on the life on the cross so that our hearts could be attached to you. And so we thank you for that sacrifice, and we choose today to put you first, and we commit our lives to you. And God, I pray for everybody who may just be struggling, overwhelmed, in difficult situations, and they need a time of refreshing. I pray that through your presence that these people would spend time in a tent, that we would learn to pitch our tent and we would experience tent living, all the incredible blessings that you bring to us. So God, for every person who needs something from you, I pray over them today that you would hear them, you would speak to them, and you would be with them. God, we know that you have peace that passes all understanding that will guard every heart and every mind. Do it today, Father, for we love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.